Hi everyone, welcome back to Hitchcock University where you learn filmmaking from the masters. Last class session we talked about Kiss Me Stupid and this class session we're going to talk about The Fortune Cookie. Um, I'm sure a lot of you haven't seen this film. This movie's kind of hard to get your hands on, uh, which is strange to me for for various reasons. The The biggest one being that this is this is the first pairing of Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, one of our one of our great comedy duos of all time, um, you know, from films like uh, The Odd Couple and uh, Grumpy Old Men. Um, I mean, Billy Wilder was responsible for giving us that that duo. Uh, and this is their first film together. Um, but anyway, um, we're going to get into that in a second. Um, the Fortune Cookie is the story of a football television camera operator you know he's he's one of the guys who has who has a camera um on the sidelines and he's injured during a game um when a football player runs into him and his brother-in-law i think it's his brother-in-law lawyer um is a lawyer who drums up a scheme to milk this accident for all it's worth right well as i mentioned this is the first pairing of Matthew and lemon this is what billy had to say about that this is from nobody's perfect he says i like working with lemon and Matthew because they are fine actors they are fine people the director has to go into the cage, so it is natural he would want to select friendly animals who are well-trained. And this sort of speaks to to Billy's idea on casting. And I, I know we've we've kind of danced around this, but I think there's, there's one last part of casting that we want to talk about. This idea of working with people that that you want to work with. Working with, not just because they're right, with the, right for the role, but they're people that you're going to get along with. Um, you know, it's... It's why Marty worked with Bob De Niro so much. It's why, you know, and Joe Pesci and, you know, uh, Leo and Harvey Keitel. You know, it's why uh, Hitch worked with Cary Grant so frequently or Jimmy Stewart. It's why we see here Billy Wilder worked so much with, with Lemon and Mathau, especially at this point in his career. Um you know, it, it just makes sense that you're going to want to cast people that you actually want to to work with. You're excited every day to show up with them and get on set and, and, and watch the scene play out. There's a big part of Billy's ideas on how to make a film um, that we've danced around a couple of times and haven't really delved into as much as I would like to. And that is how Billy decided where to put the camera. I mean, it's one of the most important parts of directing. You know, you you know, we're talking about a man who goes from writing, you know, and, and making all the decisions on paper to now having to adapt that into a into a visual medium. And with this particular visual medium, it comes down to where do you put the camera? What's the perspective you put the audience in? How how do they see the events as they as they as they unfold? So this is what Billy says. This comes from um, conversations with Billy Wilder. He says, the idea behind shooting it is getting everything that is written on the screen. Everything making it clear. I did not shoot a face like this and like that and then over again from other angles. No, I just shot it once. I did not endlessly try to find any specific good angle. I just tried to be good. Careful that one thing led into the other thing. One close up here, another there, never too many, only when necessary. Billy found a way to shoot very efficiently, and not just for time, but for, for, for what was needed. He broke it down to the most fundamental and crucial elements of his storytelling, you know. And and some of us aren't really strong in where to put a camera. And I think we can we can learn by watching Billy Wilder films from kind of breaking some of these films down. He 
he shot things in a way that they cut together very easily and he could get as much cr across as possible in a single shot and it, it, it's actually it's actually it's actually deceptively simple that's the crazy thing because that does take a bit of a mastery to 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 get as much as possible packed into a single shot without it being boring of course and it's not that he spent a lot of time making complex oneers either that's the thing is he, he he understood the value of juxtaposition of cutting you know he understood that, that was where a film was made but at the same time he was constantly looking for efficiency in the shot you know if you think of the shot as a sentence you know how uh, how how efficient is that sentence? How much can that sentence communicate without it becoming a run-on sentence or a sentence with a lot of ands and ors or buts and sos and you know and just whereas really several sentences strung together, you know what's what's the most efficient way to to state this idea but state it for the camera? So he says later in conversations for Billy Wilder, he says I'm not arty. I never make a setup that is obviously wrong. I never shoot through the flames of the fireplace in the foreground because that is from the point of view of Santa Claus. That's not my racket. Just what are the people doing to each other? How can I make them believe those are real walls that this apartment really exists? And this is the thing that I think is really, it's, it, it's easy for us to get carried away with coming up with cool shots. Because I think a lot of us think that way. I mean, we're in a visual medium for a reason. We think in visuals. And it's easy for us to get kind of wrapped up into how do I make this cool and forget that we're trying to capture a story and that the the filmmaking should reflect the story. Like he says, the idea behind shooting it is getting everything that is written on the screen. The screenplay is where the story resides. And now we have to turn make that story and turn it into visuals. And so we need to come up with ways that are visually... Well, here, Billy puts it like this in... Um, in the WGA series, The Writer Speaks. He says, I just photographed it as simply as possible, but as elegantly as possible. Um, it, it, you know, it reminds me of something that the great cinematographer, Gordon Willis, who shot um, the Godfather films, he shot uh, All the President's Men, he shot um, a number of great films. Um, Gordon Willis once said, you need to be simple, but not simplistic. And Wilder says almost the same thing here. I photographed it. I just photographed it as simply as possible, but as elegantly as possible. And the reason he does that, see, he says this in um, in the in the Billy uh, um, in the documentary series Billy. How did you do it? He says, if the spectator asks, how did he do it? If they notice the camera, you're lost. I think it's a little bit harder nowadays to make that statement because people are more aware of of filmmaking, of, of what goes on behind the scenes. You know, I mean, w we went through 10 or 15 years where every movie had a two-disc special edition, you know, with 10 hours of bonus features. And, you know, and, and, and there's a lot more information available to the audience about how movies are made. And so people have a general sense about things. And I think it's sometimes hard for people to completely lose themselves in a movie because they understand the they understand the artifice of it better you know but if they're watching the movie and saying wow that's incredible camera work you're probably not telling them a good story at that point or at least they're not that interested in the story elegance is good but simple simple 
is sometimes best. Billy puts it this way um, in the interview Charming Billy, which is in uh, Billy Wilder interviews. He says, I think the whole idea of making movies is to suck them in and make them do the work for you. Make them participate. You have to catch them and they have to be playing with you. It is calculated to look natural. I admire elegant camera work, but not fancy stuff. I would like to have them forget there is a camera, a dolly, a crew of 150. If it was possible, I'd like to get them up on the screen and working. This idea of you have to catch the audience and kind of pull them into this world that you've created. Like he said earlier, you know, what are these people doing to each other? How can I make them believe those are real walls that this apartment really exists? You know, I don't know that we can ever get back to a point where every single member of an audience is just going to be breathtaking, you know, just going to have their, their breath taken away by by a film but if you're telling them a story if every decision you make is telling them a story if everything you do is is designed around this very clear story you have in your head I think you do have a chance to hopefully get them to lose themselves at least for five minutes at a time you know in what you're doing you know I mean we still have very impactful cinema now where I mean even me you know a guy who's who's been around long enough and works in this business enough I know how stuff gets made I know you know I understand pre-production I understand what gets what gets done on a set and I understand the post but you know I can still be taken away by by a movie that impacts me in some way by something that really hits me and forget that I am watching a movie and just kind of be taken up in this story that's being told these characters, the decisions that they make, um, you know, how they relate to each other, the things that go on in their lives, even though it's all fake. And I would argue, and I feel Billy's arguing here, that that's 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 what actually makes something immersive. Let me reiterate what he says here on Charming Billy. He says, I think the whole idea of making movies is to suck them in, you know, and 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 I don't know how else to describe immersive cinema other than other than to suck the audience in. And, and his point is that immersion is made by, by the story itself, and that is facilitated through the camera, you know. And so sometimes we need to be careful not to get caught up in fancy stuff, in, in indulgent things, and just, just tell the story. That's all I have for, for this class session of, of Hitchcock University. Um, next up is going to be The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes. And then Avanti, and then we're gonna do the front page. Um, and then after that, there's only one more, and uh, and then we're gonna be done for this semester, which is crazy. Um, seems like it went by so fast. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for this class session of Hitchcock University. Um, thank you all for listening. If you would like to reach out to the podcast with any comments, questions, concerns, suggestions, feel free. Uh, you can email us. Our, our email address is hitchcockuniversity at gmail.com. There's a Hitchcock University Facebook page. And then, of course, there's the Hitchcock University Twitter account as well, which is at Hitchcock underscore U. The letter U is in university. Um, but yeah, that's all we have. Thank you so much for listening to Hitchcock University, where you learn filmmaking from the masters. I have been Taylor Bickle, and we will talk to you again in two weeks.